Alright, well, welcome everybody. This is Friends of the Force, episode 6. I have the pleasure of being joined today by another fellow Star Wars podcast, Followers of the Force. How's it going, guys? It's going great, Brad. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, so uh, Jason Williams and David Triana are both the hosts of Followers of the Force. So they do a lot of great work over there. Um, if you haven't already followed that podcast, they're over at FOTF Podcast on Twitter. So go check them out. But I wanted to bring them on today because there's a lot of stuff going on in Star Wars Celebration. Tickets just went on sale on Friday. And uh, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Star Wars definitely isn't dead, as we've seen with the tickets going on sale rather quickly. But uh, before we get started, I want you guys to talk a little bit about what your podcast is about, because it's just as important to to get an idea of what you guys are doing in this franchise, in this universe. And uh, I'd love to hear from you on, on what you're all about. All right. Well, it's our show, basically, much like much like yours, Brad, uh, we're very casual. You know, uh, Gwendy is is more of the very, very philosophical theme oriented person on the show she loves diving deep into um whether it be themes whether it be characters the stories so we have a lot of those deep discussions and then we also really just talk about the news and talk about anything that's on our minds regarding star wars we we usually do uh, a deep dive that we haven't done in a while and jason i know we talked about this on the on the show that came out today um we're gonna start doing that again so that's that's always a lot of fun. But yeah, if you're just a casual, uh, casual kind of person that just likes a really open and and inclusive conversation about Star Wars, I think we're the show for you. Uh, Jason, do you have anything to add to that? Well, I was going to plug the, uh, the your conversations part of the 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 followers of the. Um... Oh God! Oh, the your Star your, Wars journey? your Star Wars journey episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to plug it. I should know the name before I start to plug it. Uh, where David sits down with different people involved in Star Wars, authors and um, other podcasters, and then they—that's its own. I mean, it's it's our show, but it's like a separate show, and it just he does that. It's 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 really it's really good. I I I've listened to a bunch of them clearly, and oh, thanks, uh, man. so uh, he does a really good job with those. Yeah, and then yeah, and then our show is uh, we we do the deep the, the problem with the deep dives, and I like doing these. I love doing deep dives. I do want to get back. It's just that they take a little time to prep. And if it's one of these deals where like we were set up to record and then, Oh, we can't record that. They've got to record this day. And then they just kind of, it's just like, okay, well we'll just talk about what's going on and we'll just go from there. You know, it's kind of like, but I, I do want to get back into the deep dives, especially with, uh, we're going to start, you know, with the rise of Skywalker coming out, we're going to get a, get a lot more stuff coming out. I think there's a lot of things to parse and, and thematically things to, to get into. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to our deep dives. I'm looking forward to our show, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really the most exciting part about Star Wars because you, you can watch the movies and take them in for, for what they're worth, but when you really go on a more analytical level and look at the the mythos behind everything and, and take that deep thematic dive, I think that's when it gets really exciting and really interesting. And I think that's why I have such a great appreciation for especially the, the sequel trilogy right now is because there's so many underlying themes and so much complexity to all the characters that we got so it's such a great time to to be a star wars fan with a new movie coming out the final movie in a in the skywalker saga yeah and, i mean and, that was i'm sorry that no, was like good. one of our favorite episodes that we did is we 
we kind of diagnosed uh, Luke and Last Jedi with uh, anxiety disorder, and like you know, that was one of our big deep dives into just really analyzing Luke and the, Luke the character, but more specifically, just kind of the way he was in Last Jedi, and that he was, you know, he you know he was so worried about what was going to happen, which has really been his pattern his entire. I was going to say his entire life, but he's a fictional character, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, you know, Luke is always worried about the future, and then now his, in Last Jedi, his worry, well, we, we see in the flashbacks, his, his worry is, uh, you know, causes Kylo Ren and the First Order and all that kind of good stuff, so. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you guys are doing excellent work, though, so again, check them out if you haven't already, and their, uh, your Star Wars Journey series is, is very great. I know they just interviewed Claudia Gray today, so um, when should uh, people expect that episode up? Um, probably sometime this week. Um, I don't know the specific day yet, so got to edit it, do all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely this week. Awesome. Well, perfect. So we're going to get right into it then. Um, going through a few things. We have one, a few little news items to get out of the way first, and then we're going to transition into today's topic, which is the future of Star Wars filmmaking. I think we're at a crossroads right now in the franchise where there's a lot of unknowns coming up in terms of content that's coming out. So it's it's going to be a very interesting journey that we take once The Rise of Skywalker is is the, the bookend of, of what we're familiar with. So uh, to start off, last week on June 19th, Lucasfilm announced, or Star Wars announced, that there would be a new Age of Resistance comic series coming out, highlighting stories from Rose, Supreme Leader Snoke, Rey, and Kylo Ren. So I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to take a look at that. I'm sure you had. The covers are pretty awesome looking. The The comics are coming out later this year. And in fact, Finn's comic is coming out, I think, in just about a week, next week possibly. So are you guys into the Star Wars comic books? Have you have you delved into that? And are you excited for this sort of thing? Uh, I'm excited for any sort of backstory on some, on some of these uh, sequel trilogy characters. I'm, I'm not... I'm not big into the comics because a lot of the comics, I mean, it, the, sort of the main ones, at least for a while, have been just things that have taken place with kind of the 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 OT characters, you know. Every now and then we'll get like a, a prequel, but like this is like, I mean, I and I I know there was a Poe Dameron um, run that I thought was cool because it took place right after Last Jedi. Like I'm, I, I like me personally, I'm just so hungry for any information during for that thirty years between Force Awakens and and Return of the Jedi. Absolutely. So, so that the idea that some of this stuff might take place or at least give information about things that happened in that 30 years is always super exciting for me. Yeah, Jason, I'm, I'm kind of on the same train as you. I, the last, last comic I read was Vader, I think issue ooh, seven or eight. Um, and yeah, just because I think the whole thing with buying comics, you got to stay on top of it. Then you get behind, and you're just you, you don't want to just start in the middle of something. You kind of want to go back and read the entire run. But yeah, you know, if we're getting sequel trilogy characters and delving deeper into their stories, especially someone like Snoke, um, that's really exciting. And I think those are the ones that I might pick up more so than the other ones, because um, you never know. They might drop something in these comic books that, you know, that could fly under the radar and then come episode nine 
it was hinted at in one of these comic books. So it's always nice to read everything, but sometimes you can't read everything, you know? Right. Yeah, it looks like they're all dropping every week in September. And I, I, I agree with you, David. The Snoke one is really the one that piques my interest. I do love Rose a ton. Uh, mm-hmm. We did get a lot of her backstory with Paige, which is how this comic's taking that uh, even further in uh, Cobalt Squadron. So we did get a lot of backstory there. But someone mm-hmm. like Snoke, who I know a lot of people wanted maybe a little bit more about his his uh, backstory, uh, the the description uh, it reads as Supreme Leader Snoke's brutal training of Kylo Ren begins. Will the sadistic Snoke break his tormented protege? Or has he underestimated the son of Han and Leia? So right, that right there just sounds so interesting because I, I think it... Mm-hmm. It's it's just going to be this almost really, it could be like a very dark take on Kylo's journey to the dark side, like a, just a more brutal look at his, his fall from grace mm-hmm. and how he was really tormented emotionally and tormented mentally and how Snoke really infiltrated his mind like we hear about in the movies. So, um, and, and even with the, the Kylo Ren one, it really looks like, they're hinting with the connection to Darth Vader, obviously on the cover. So there, there's a lot going on with those, those two characters. And I think you're right. It could spell for possibly a look at Ben being redeemed in, in the rise of Skywalker planting some of those seeds for us to expect it almost. Do you think that's the mm-hmm. case possibly? Yeah, I think it, I think it very well could be. Um, I think the one theme that I'm really seeing right now is there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of canon material that's really focusing on the whole idea of cheating death. It's now in Vader Immortal. It was in the comic books with Vader trying to uh, bring back Padme. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now with Palpatine supposedly coming back in the flesh, you know, they're tying that into it as well. So, yeah, I, I don't doubt that they're probably trying to... Um, some little breadcrumbs that lead us to nine in these comic books, but I I wouldn't expect them to really reveal anything before December. Yep. Yeah, they're uh, Lucasfilm is pretty pretty tight lipped when it comes to these things. So yeah. But the the first comic drops on September fourth, so definitely check that out. It's going to be really exciting. That's the first one with Rose that kicks off the series there. So uh, jumping into the the next two bits of news, which I guess you can really encompass it into our entire talking point today is the future of filmmaking with star Wars and with Lucasfilm. So on Friday, obviously celebration tickets went on sale and they went on sale very quickly. They sold out in record setting time in one hour and five minutes or something crazy like that. All the four day passes were gone by then Saturday night passes were, were sold out later that day and Friday passes are almost sold out as well now. So it's, they're going quick. Uh, are you guys planning on going to celebration? Jason, no, I take it. <laughs> no, I, no, I went to the last one, and I, I thought of, I, I waited till the last minute to get my tickets for celebration last time, because um, I was just sort of on the fence about it. But no, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to this one. I would love to because I've never been to California, but it's just sort of kind of one of these deals where, like, you know, until these Disney shill checks start rolling in, I got, you know, <laughs> I got tires to buy and rent to pay and that kind of stuff but you didn't um, get your six dollar check yet from disney i have not i have oh, not dude gotta get on that it's li- we're living the i'm living the high life over here with that <laughs> i i get my check on thursday literally oh nice you know i i 
I'm a photographer at Magic Kingdom, so I'm literally a Disney shill. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to go to Celebration the day they announced the dates. Because I was like, okay, the 21st, I get paid. But then the 28th, rent's due. So oh. I had to kind of you know, say, well, maybe next time when they come to Orlando again. But right. uh, I mean, it, it, and I, I said this on the show, too. I was like, you know, and it would have been cool if we were all going to go. We were going to do like the podcast stage and things yeah, like that. Like, yeah. like that would have been great. But um, I think just kind of to go and to be just kind of another like like I went to celebration this year. I went to the, you know, in Chicago and, and I had a really good time. Um, so, you know, but because I got my ticket so late, like I didn't even get my ticket in time to even register for any of the, um, any of the panels. Cause I got it through StubHub and I couldn't pick it up to like two days before my, before uh celebration. So I don't know. I like, maybe if I kind of gone to the more of the panels, I'd be, would have been more like excited about it, but I'm not like super upset that I'm not going. Is that bad? That I'm no, not I don't upset think that so I'm... at all. I mean, plus there's, I mean, I know there's going to be, I mean, I, they're probably going to unfur- unfurl so much cool stuff. I'm going to wish, you know, in a year that I had, that I had gone, but like, it was a little extra special because I knew, um, you know, episode nine was coming out and there would be the episode nine trailer, you know, it's like, I knew that, like, I knew that I knew that there was going to be a big Mandalorian deal. Um, I don't necessarily know what they're going to have for next year. I mean, there's, there's speculation clearly of, um, you know, the second season of Mandalorian and then probably Cassian and or TV show. Uh, I don't know if they'll do. I mean, Resistance clearly. Yeah, definitely I mean, I the Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary, which they were oh, selling yeah. shirts for as well. Which that that's, was a. Oh, that's. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't even think about 40th yeah. anniversary Empire Strikes Back. You're right. I was so tempted to buy those shirts. I'm like, you can't. I can't <laughs> do it. It looks so great, but I just can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. That didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they oh, even oh. had the they had even had the trucker hat on there too. It was they were going. Oh, that's, really... I remember those. I remember those Empire Strikes Back trucker hats. I remember yeah. those. Oh. Yeah, I know. I think regardless of if you're now going I feel or not, bad. Now I, I kind of want a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I think regardless, it, it's still great even watching from home because I know the years that I didn't get to go. The, the one uh, celebration in Orlando actually, I was in Orlando the week before. Mm. And I was like considering just staying through the whole week to go to it. But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't afford it at the time. Um, but even just watching the live streams from home, I mean, there's so much coverage. So you really still feel immersed when you get home from work or, or whatever you do. And you just go and sit down and watch whatever's on or catch up with whatever panels happen. So it's still just as exciting. And the conversation online makes you feel like you're there almost. Yeah. And, and I feel the need with watching the live streams. Like I feel the need to watch them live. Like I don't even want to come back. You're like watching me get home from work. I'm like I don't want to watch it get home from work. I'm gonna watch it live. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't want to miss something on Twitter or you know find out about it later. Right, um, hiding in the lunchroom or the bathroom at work. Just yeah, on I mean, your phone I like, streaming it. I mean, I will say this: I didn't get into the panel for episode nine, but I was in kind of the big, I don't know, just sort of one of the big rooms and watched it. You know, on the monitors with about I don't know, probably about five thousand other people, and uh, that was still pretty amazing to watch the to watch the panel and then to finally to like be in the room with a bunch like that many star wars fans at the same time when the um the episode nine trailer not only started but with palpatine's laugh (laughs) the collective gasp and hoot and holler that started right after that it was unreal like i'm glad they showed it again i was like is there anything after that that?" (laughs) yeah when they released that video on ign of the of the crowd reaction 
splice mm-hmm. with the trailer. It was so oh, yeah. fun watching that. I was like, I can relive that that moment because I was I was also on the Star Wars show live stage as well, and it was like you said, just as exciting as probably being in the real room. It's just about the energy and the people, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I would like to go back to celebration for. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that I mean that and the panels, but like you know, just because you know, just just to be sort of surrounded by that many Star Wars fans in one place that aren't like, well, I mean that are just you know. I saw a lot of bad costumes, a lot of really great costumes, and just a lot of the um, the creativity. I'm slowly talking myself into buying a ticket. I need to stop. Um, <laughs> no, just gotta give it. You gotta give in to the dark side. I know. <laughs> I might. We keep talking about. It, I might buy a ticket by the end of the show. <laughs> I'll just keep. Uh, I'll I'll keep throwing little peer pressure moments in throughout right, the show. Right. No, it also probably have Jason be like, "Oh, okay. Well, let me get out the credit card. Okay." <laughs> not real money right no it's just there for you if you need it but this is a need um yeah so i mean like i said it's it's sold out an hour so for anybody saying disney ruined star wars stars is dead all those people i can just just shows the opposite i mean people love star wars and it's just a place for celebration is a place for people to go to have that love and really share it with other people and it feels like when you're there Obviously, there there wasn't any hate when I went there. There didn't feel like any sort of vitriol or toxicity that you might find on the Twitter comments or anything like that. And that's partly why I wanted to start something like this podcast. And I'm, I'm sure you guys can attest to that as well, because it's really just about bringing out the positive elements in the fandom. And as Rose says, fighting for what we love, not what we hate sort of thing. And it's, <laughs> it, it's kind of a cheesy, <laughs> very cheesy line, but it has some... Uh, weight to it i think because it's really it's just about your attitude and your mentality approaching these things yeah and a little fun fact uh irvin kirshner said those exact words i think during promotion for empire strikes back so i think that's where ryan johnson lifted that from yep wow really yeah i I did not know that yeah a little little trivia there for you my appreciation for that is just now skyrocketed. <laughs> you go, Rose. You go. So yeah, it's it's going to be a big year. It's going to be kind of weird not having a trilogy film. But again, that's just kind of leading into the topic of the show, which is the future of filmmaking. And one of the recent developments in the Star Wars universe, Michelle Rejwan was hired as the Senior Vice President of Live Action Development and Production. So this is a very huge step for her own career and also just a great step for Lucasfilm to give new opportunities to new people. She has had previous co-production credits on The Force Awakens and Star Trek Into Darkness, as well as an associate producer credit on Super 8. So she's been involved with JJ. She's been involved with Disney and Lucasfilm. And uh, how Kathleen Kennedy put it was that she is going to be shaping the future in all areas of story development from theatrical film development to live action content for Disney+. Plus. Now, we're just going to go right into it. Future of filmmaking. I've got to imagine it's going to be a panel at Celebration. i got to imagine possibly Michelle Rejwan's going to be the one that's going to be kind of moderate, or uh, not moderating it, but one of the people that is being hosted on the panel to talk about the future of Star Wars, maybe alongside Kathleen Kennedy and... John Favreau and Dave Filoni, all four of them right on stage, which would be a, just a power, uh, a power, you know, group up there. So 
when I see them saying live action content for Disney Plus, there's no specification about television. And I think the wording of that is very indicative that they're leaning towards live action films coming to Disney Plus, not letting the box office be a factor, not letting things like the performance of Solo scare them to do new things and take new risks. So how do you guys think, what do you guys think of this news? And how do you think this spells for the future? What is the spell for the future of film and content development at Lucasfilm? Well, we actually talked about this um, in our latest episode and we love the move. Um, You know, it's, it's one of those things where she's been working with JJ for a while. She knows how the process works. She knows what it takes to make a star Wars film and what better person to sort of work with than JJ, who's produced all three in the new, in the new uh, trilogy. He's directed two of the three. Um, He knows, I think he just knows how to make a good movie. And, you know, with her, sure, you know, she's, we still don't know what her plans are. She hasn't given an interview yet, but I have the feeling that come D23, um, she could make an appearance because it'd be really cool for Lucasfilm to, uh, you know, really show everyone what she's got, what she thinks about Star Wars, what she envisions for the future of Star Wars. And then once this trilogy is over and we see um, the next trilogy and then the next TV shows on Disney Plus, we're really going to be able to start um, seeing what what she envisions for the future of Star Wars. And I think this is a great move for the brand as a whole. You know, everyone's going to be like, oh, why didn't they get Dave Filoni? Probably because Dave Filoni didn't want the job. You know, he's a creator. I don't think he wants to be dealing with logistics, dealing with, you know, sort of more of a desk-oriented job than being able to to create these shows and, and these characters and, and be able to have really probably the most well-known creative hand right now at Lucasfilm. But, you know, for everyone that's saying, oh, she's, she's not the right person for the role, you weren't sitting in that interview. You don't know the questions that were asked, and you don't know the answers that she gave. She could probably kick your ass in Star Wars trivia. You don't know. Um, <laughs> so... So yeah, we're really happy with with the decision and really excited what she sees for the Star Wars galaxy going forward. You know, after this year, it's pretty much a clean slate. We don't know what's coming next. And I think that's probably the most exciting thing about it. I, I will say this just to just really quick, uh, piggyback on what Dave was saying about the whole Dave Filoni thing. Dave Filoni's been at Lucasfilm long enough and has a big enough name he could probably, aside from maybe Kathleen Kennedy's job, he could probably have any job at Lucasfilm he wants. So the the idea that he you know he was he wanted some job and didn't get it, I somehow don't imagine that that's necessarily true. Um, they certainly have entrusted him with enough uh, stuff at Lucasfilm, both under George Lucas and under Kathleen Kennedy, to pretty much, you know, pretty much. I don't think he's just throwing his hat, throwing his cowboy hat on the ground every time somebody gets a, you know, a promotion over him. I think he's fine, and I think he's most likely doing exactly what he wants to do. So, um, for anybody out there crying about Dave Filoni, please, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he's in the right spot that he needs to be. I totally agree with that. 
Well, I mean, he's, you know, he, he spearheaded, he, he, you know, he created Clone Wars. Well, well, he didn't create Clone Wars, but he created Rebels. He's a, a co-creator on Mandalorian. Um, he, you know, he ran Clone Wars under, you know, the whole time. I, 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 yeah, I think if there was a job that he wanted at Lucasfilm, he could, except for maybe being in the movies, he could probably, actually, he probably could get that if he wanted. Um, so, but, it, uh, yeah, so that's my little, that's my little rant on that, because I've, I've seen a bunch of those, like, they should give it to Filoni, and I'm like, if Filoni wanted that job, he'd have it. Yeah. You know? I, I think it's a good step, especially because I know when a lot of, especially for diversity at Lucasfilm, that's extremely important. Diverse, diversity of perspective and ideas and experiences. And when you look at how people were being hired originally, a lot of people were asking, you know, when are we going to get the first female director, which Bryce Dallas Howard is actually directing an episode of The Mandalorian, which I love. I love that that's happening. And and just to see Michelle get this promotion over maybe again, just like another uh, another man that we've been because we got like David Benioff and D.B. Weiss and then we got John Favreau. So it's just good to see diversity there as well. I think that's extremely important. And I think, uh, Dave, you brought up a really great point, too, with the fact that, you know, we weren't in the interview and she also was under the tutelage of J.J. Abrams. And when you look at the th- really the power trio, I'd call them of, of Filoni, Kennedy and and possibly Rajwan. I mean, they all they all learned under some greats. I mean, Kennedy was working with Lucas forever and Filoni, you know, developed the Clone Wars with Lucas at his side the entire time. So he learned basically the inside of Lucas's mind. That's how mm-hmm. Filoni's mind now works. Right. And similar to Rejwan, she was there with J.J. Abrams along the way. She's basically, as a as a maybe a college baseball player taking baddest pra- batting practice lessons with Derek Jeter. Like that's the, right. that's, <laughs> that's how that's I can great, think about it. That's a great analogy. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> so if you're gonna learn from anybody, you're gonna learn from J.J. Abrams. That's like the most accelerated path that you can take to learn. So I, I think of it less as the number of titles you've held it's truly about experience and it's truly about the people that you've worked with and the skill sets and the perspectives that you develop from those people yep so again it's a very good time to to be at lucasfilm right now and 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 you guys put it great by saying it's a clean slate and that's what i think about star wars moving forward it is a clean slate so there's there's nothing holding them to the Skywalkers. There's nothing holding them to really anything anymore. We're going to obviously have Cassian and the Mandalorian and this final season of Clone Wars. My big question to you guys, and, and the Resistance too, I'm not going not gonna to forget them. My question to you guys is, is there anything in particular that you want to see, whether it's uh, it's li- more live action TV or more live action theatrical films or even live action on disney plus like what three what one of those really excites you the most in terms of creativity and how you can how you can move with it i think just because we're not getting another movie in geez three years um i i'm leaning more towards the tv and shows that i would love to see one i'd love to see what finally happened after the rebels finale with Hera and Sabine. Um, I think that's a story that would be, would do so well on Disney plus, whether it be, you know, taking it into a live action sphere or continuing with the animation. Um, I'd also love to see, um, you know, 
maybe. And and this was rumored months ago by uh, some site. I forgot who it was. And I didn't take much. Um, I didn't take it, you know, too seriously because they were literally naming every possible um, show idea that could probably be thought of. But ones that really caught my eye were a Poe and Finn series, uh, much like the one with Cassie and Andor and K2 that are, that's going to come out, <laughs> as well as a Knights of Ren show. I think that would yeah. be really exciting. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think right now TV is going to be where it's at. That's what's going to be keeping... Um, that's going to be keeping us fed, for lack of a better phrase, until 2022. And if the old republic is where you know Benioff and Weiss are going, that gets me really excited because I'm a huge fan of that era. And again, it'll be a total clean slate with that era because you're not beholden to Knights of the Old Republic. You're not beholden to any of these other novels or um, or video games that deal with that specific time period within Star Wars. So there'd be a lot of stuff to do, and I would guarantee if that's where they're going, you're going to see a lot of Game of Thrones actors back <laughs> for that, for those for those movies. I w- <laughs> Maybe the Knights of the Old Republic is just a sequel to Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's it's a Game right. of Thrones unofficial <laughs> season nine. Huge, yeah. huge time jump. And Every, had to everybody has one of those light... <laughs> One of those uh, fire swords, and that's where the yeah. light. <laughs> no, I've, I've been kind of on the same. But like I'm, like I'm already right now super excited for the Mandalorian and seeing what we can, because we've seen, and I, I please, please know I, I use this term as respectfully as possible. But we've seen sort of like kids shows, series for Star Wars. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would hardly call Clone Wars though a kids show, but it, you know, yeah. Yeah, we know but what you mean, though. But it's like sort of a weekly cartoon. Um, so I'm very curious what sort of a more serious kind of grown-up um, live-action Star Wars TV show is like. And if The Mandalorian is as good as it's looking like it is from just the little bootleg trailers I saw from Celebration, <laughs> um, that's, you know, that's certainly something to be very excited about. And I think it's also a chance for them to tell smaller Star Wars stories. Like, you know, as of right now, every Star Wars movie has to be an epic. I think that's why so many people, except for maybe Solo, but like, you know, Rogue One was like an epic tale. The saga films are epic, you know, uh, movies. They're big events. Um, and I think that there's there's some smaller stories that I know probably we could quiz each other on within the Star Wars canon or even back to the legends that we really liked but they're the smaller stories and never something you would make a two and a half hour movie around um and so those are so i i hope that this is at least with the disney plus that it is a chance to tell those kind of smaller stories that maybe don't again don't warrant two and a half like the cassie and and k2so show is a perfect example uh like like i I loved all the characters in Rogue One. I was really bummed when they started killing them off one by one. <laughs> um, Me too, man. I can't get through that movie emotionally. It's like once per year I can watch it. That's it. I can't but, handle more than that. Like, like I really, like I seriously wanted to see a sequel because I just wanted to see all those characters again. Right. Um, and it's really cool that we're going to get a, you know, we're going to get some, we're going to get a story 
you know, about Cassian and, and in some ways about K2SO, but we're going to get to spend a little bit more time with at least a couple of those characters. And that's something you would never really do in a film because the films have to be so huge and so monumental, you know, events. So, so that's, so, so there's nothing really specific. Well, there's a couple of specific things I would like to say, but, the, but I would really like to, to a chance to, to tell some of those smaller stories. Uh, the one that I'm torn about is the Obi Wan because it's always, it's always, always going to be, it's going to be a Disney Plus series. Oh, it's going to be a movie, and I'm, I'm, I'm torn as to whether I would rather see an Obi Wan between three and four movie um, on the big screen or Disney Plus. I'm, I'm very torn about that. That's, uh, but yeah, that, that's, that would be, that's kind of my hope, at least for the television side. Um, I don't know. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point talking about being beholden to things in general, not even just content-wise, but I, th I think the, the biggest thing is being beholden, not being beholden to the box office because, you know, we saw what happened with Solo. I'm a huge fan of Solo. Oh, I love yeah, Solo. I, yeah, yeah. it's such a fun movie. It's just a blast. But when you when you look at the actual like box office performance of it, relatively speaking, it was the worst performing Star Wars movie relative to its budget. It's. I mean, it still made three hundred to fifty, three hundred fifty to four hundred million dollars worldwide, which is a crap load of money. And in the eighties, that would have been a massive hit, relatively. But actually, today that's a massive hit. You'd get a. You'd, still, you'd, you'd yeah. get a. You'd get a sequel greenlit pretty much if it were any yeah. other. If that was a Fast and Furious movie, there'd be the whatever. There would be a sequel to that tomorrow, but. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry and, to interrupt. No, you no, you're you're good. Um. And and I think that's important. So like you know, looking at a Cassian series, like yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't make for a great theatrical film. I don't think it would drive enough people into their seats. But for a Disney Plus series, it's perfect, like you said. And I I love Diego Luna. He's one of my favorite actors. And to get more into his story and his background as a separatist born child turning into a, a rebel hero is just is such a fascinating idea and i hope we even get some background into his childhood growing up during the clone wars like that just excites me to maybe get some flashbacks where we're seeing battle droids and maybe even some old sith that we they're familiar with or grievous you know so those are the kinds of things that that series can really delve into i think but speaking on the the obi-wan that I, I agree i'm so torn on it I love the idea of like a an eight episode epic on Disney Plus getting eight hours of Obi Wan, or do we want to only get two hours of Obi Wan on the big screen? But it's it's much more of a spectacle. Uh, I don't know which way I would go with it, honestly. See, my 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 knee jerk reaction is if I saw an eight episode Obi Wan series, I would want a second season or or whatever. Yeah. But if I was told this is it, you get one Obi Wan movie. It's two and a half hours long, and at the end of it, that's all you get. I'd I'd be okay with that. Do you know what I mean? Right. So that's so that's also that I think that's and that's probably where I'm the most torn because if like well we can do a year of Obi Wan in the desert, why can't we do two years of Obi Wan in the desert? Whereas you know, this is a two hour adventure of Obi Wan. It happened one day in between episode three and four. Okay, I'm good. It's like you know what I mean. So. You know, I, I got to wonder, too, because the, the Obi-Wan series would have to take place relatively soon after Revenge of the Sith, right? So because you to, to match really Ewan up, I think it maybe you know, a few years after Revenge of the Sith, Luke's still a, a toddler running around. 
um, like in the in the Rebels episode that we see him in. Um, do you think there could be, and this might be a really dumb question, could there be any overlap with uh, Alden Ehrenreich as, as Solo if it were like a Disney Plus series? Because I know they technically don't meet until they're in the cantina and A New Hope. But part of me is now thinking like, does Obi-Wan know to go there because he knows Han Solo's reputation maybe and he knows about him because it probably lines up right when Han starts to deal with Jabba the Hutt a little bit and we know the Jabba's gang really tries to go after Luke and, and rob the Lars's homestead a bunch. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, if, you, if you're taking Obi-Wan's words as gospel in the cantina when Han says... You know, you never heard of the Millennium Falcon? And he's like, well, should I have? You know, that <laughs> leads you to believe, well, maybe he doesn't know, but he's also Obi-Wan, so he could know and just not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah, Obi-Wan's I, a notorious liar. Yeah, from a certain yeah, point, from of, view. Certain point <laughs> of view. Right. So, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know, because when you think about episode four and that time period, you immediately think Harrison Ford. Um, so whether or not that would like, yeah, I, I don't know. And then, um, whether or not they would have crossed paths beforehand, I, you know, maybe, but I, I just don't know. I really don't know. I think the person that Obi-Wan really had in mind was probably Chewie because Chewie was around during, um, Mm. episode three, he knew Yoda yeah, that was where I was going to say. I was going to say I would say the way into Han was not necessarily it's not through Han. I would say it was through Chewie. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's actually which, the first one he talks to when he goes into the cantina. Right. They're, right. they're that, talking yeah. at the counter like they know each other almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah you never see the inter- you never see Obi Wan and Chewie introduce themselves to each other, but Han does introduce himself to. Oh, I would love that. I would love. Chewie being involved, but not explicitly saying, because there's no reason to be like, I'm with Han Solo. Like, who's Han Solo? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah. But for I, them I to have, have this, I like, have history this together. Cannon. Yeah, I have this headcanon where, like, when Han's like, you know, I've been uh, I've been to one galaxy to the next. You know, I've seen a lot of strange stuff, but I haven't seen anything. So maybe you think there's this all-powerful force controlling everything. And then you just see Chewie sitting in the back like, if you only knew what was going on, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And right. he's just not saying anything because it's part of the cover. Right. You know, Jedi are not supposed to exist at this time period. And it's almost, uh, you know, Chewie was the last contact that um, Yoda had, you know, when um, when he left Kashyyyk, you know, he left in the little pod. So right. he's like, Han, if only you had seen Yoda yeah. leap seven feet in the air and cut two guys' <laughs> right. heads off, right. you would exactly. be thinking differently. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that that's where my head cannon is. I think yeah. that that's I think that's why everything um, happened the way that it the way that it has. I think everybody has some sort of directive where you can't talk about it. You know, it's kind of like Fight Club in space. You don't talk <laughs> about the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. I love head cannon. That's uh, Dave. What do you th- what are you thinking of uh, Obi Wan though? I know Jason gave his his take on it. Do you, would you rather see it in theaters or would you rather see it? on uh, Disney Plus getting a few episodes from it? Um, I think a few episodes, but I, like, I I would want the best of both worlds. I'll want a few episodes, but I want those episodes released in theaters. Um, just because I think Star Wars is, it's meant to be seen in a crowded theater 
on a big screen, you know, with the speakers blasting with the music. And I know we're not going to get that with the Mandalorian and we'll see how that experience is. But um, yeah, I'd probably go for for a series. That way there's potential for um, season two, season three, and you're not having to worry about uh, box office and that making a difference because it still frustrates me that after Solo went on Blu-ray, everyone's like, oh, this movie's not not bad. It's actually pretty good. It's like, well, then why didn't you get your ass in the seat in the theater and watch it? Mm-hmm. You know, because of because of that and it performing only like in the mid 70 millions, they didn't get a sequel yet. Ant-Man performs at that rate with, I think, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And, you know, it's still up in the air whether they're getting to to round out with a trilogy. But, you know, it's not a failure by any means. Marketing just wasn't it, it, they didn't do it well. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, sometimes it happens. But the quality of the movie was great. The reception from those who watched it was great. And you reintroduced Darth Maul back to ah, so um, the films. So Now, that's a series that I would totally be on board for. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Do that. Is, I mean, I don't know if you could get Amelia Clark back, but that whole... Because he's running... Was it the... Oh, was it called? Uh, it was uh, Crimson Dawn. Yeah, he's running Crimson Dawn in Solo. And then that's what? It's like seven, eight years later is Rebels, and he's like that crazy guy in the cave they find? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, so something went horribly wrong for him in that time. So I'm just very curious. Uh, so, so that's a story that I would love to see played out. Um, again, and again, like I was saying, it was, it's a, that's a smaller story. That's not a story I think you would make a two-and-a-half-hour movie about. But if you could, you know, but it's like, you know, Space Sopranos and it's, you know, the fall of sort of the Star Wars mob run by Darth Maul. I think that'd be super interesting. You could throw all sorts of catches. You could bring in Alden Ehrenreich and, and Chewbacca for an episode. Boba Fett. You, know? you could bring in Boba Fett. Yeah. Jabba the Hutt. I just want Jabba the Hutt, Jabba's palace, all of that involved. I want to see every conversation between him and alden i think that would be so entertaining yeah so yeah so so again like the, like like i think the disney plus is good for the smaller stories but and i also agree with david that if, if the bigger stories the the big epic stories that we're gonna that, you know that are this the um the saga films that are gonna uh, we, we're thinking that the Knights of the old republic with the with the db weiss Benny off in Weiss movies. I don't know who DB is, um, but um, those are going to be big, sort of epic movies that you're going to want. You're not going to want to watch ten episodes on, on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Those you're going to want to see those in a theater with the surround sound, you know, with the kid behind you kicking the seat, that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, and something I'm thinking about too, with just more more TV series in general. Do you think they're going to be shying? away from animated series now that the budget for high quality TV series live action is like, is, is kind of like an expectation at this point. I mean, they're pumping $10 million in each episode of the Mandalorian. So they're obviously willing to put the resources towards it and they're hoping that it's going to get a big return. If that's the amount of, of money they're willing to budget for it. Do you think we're going to see less animated and more live action 
And a second prong to that, do you think we could even see Dis- uh, Disney Plus take on Resistance and, and move Resistance off the Disney Channel to drive more business over there? I think it depends on the story. If the story calls for more of a grand, um, more of a grand treatment like the Mandalorian does, because a gritty a gritty show like that that we you know suppose we're going to get and it looks like that's that is what we're getting. I don't see where it could live on um, network TV, but something like Resistance, something like Star Wars Rebels, those stories are much easier to uh, digest, and they do cater to, you know, the younger generation while keeping the you know the older fan interested with you know certain episodes, reintroduction to characters, and force lore and and the overall war-centric stuff that breathes new life into an era that we that we know really well so i don't think that they'll shy away from it i just think that they'll be very particular in what they what stories they think would be best served live action versus animated and i think a perfect example for that to me would be if you want to do a show um taking place between or you know before the force awakens with Ben and Luke training and going off on, on adventures That's my pitch. together. I pitched that show three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that show would honestly be best served in an animated format just because mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about um, Mark Hamill and aging him down if, if you don't want to recast. You can mm-hmm. get him to do the voice like he did for Forces of Destiny. He would still sound the way he should sound at that time period. And you can get Adam Driver if, if he'd be available, or you can get somebody that sounds close. Um, I'm sure somebody like, you know, um, Matthew Wood or, or you know, Matt Mercer could do a, a pretty good Kylo Ren or Ben Solo. So I think it just depends on, on the story that they're trying to, to tell and where they think it would be served best. Um, and I think as far as Resistance goes, I think they'll they'll keep that on Disney for now if it keeps on doing doing as good as it is yeah i think i'll keep resistance on there for a while i just my big question mark for resistance is what are they going to do once episode nine is kind of run its course and we're sort of done with the the sequel trilogy or i mean we're supposed to we're at least led to believe that the end of that the end of nine will be the end of the first order and so i'm just curious how many more seasons that we'll get of resistance once uh rise of sky like i don't i mean like i'm sure we'll probably get a third season but i wonder how many more seasons after that we'll get of resistance but i and i think they'll probably will kind of do like they've been doing like i don't think we'll get another animated series while resistance is on it'll probably they'll probably do like they did with well between like clone wars and rebels and rebels and resistance and just sort of um you know like a one at a time thing. Yeah. I mean, if they, I mean, and I, I and I kind of think there has to be a part of Disney that likes having a Star Wars cartoon on Disney and not on the, uh, not on the, the Disney Plus. I would think. It would seem to make a certain amount of sense. I mean, they're going to have an animated series on on the uh, the Disney Plus. They're going to have Clone Wars. Right. So, um, but. But yeah, again, it's like it, 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 I agree with Dave. It depends on the story. I don't. If you're gonna 
be telling stories about going to sort of fantastical places and things like that with and really have a story that caters more to little kids than the I think that the that the animated series is the way to go. But I also think that if we're gonna tell sort of more adult stories, then yeah, the the Mandalorian live action, Cassian I'm assuming live action is kind of the way I think they'll they'll roll with that. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's a a great point of selectivity or being selective and having a good story because sometimes when I think about having a ton of content, you always wonder in the back of your mind, like, am I going to get over exhausted of star Wars? But I really think in reality, if the stories are good and they engage me, I don't feel like I'm going to get beaten over the head with star Wars at any point. I think it's when you really start to, it's like, it's like when you try to hit a word count in an essay, <laughs> you yeah. start, you start putting spaces in between the the periods and the, and the first word of the sentence and you, you try to make everything a little fluffy just to just to have more. But I think if uh, if you're if you're really pumping out a lot, but it's all something that's it's really part adding richness to the lore of Star Wars and to the stories that we know, I think it's worth it. Like, for instance, Jason, you mentioned the Ahsoka and Sabine and, and what would what they might be doing or what they're up to post Rebels trying to find Ezra. I think that's a a completely great idea for an animated TV series that they could do after resistance because there's so much story there to tell. And it's such a cliffhanger ending that we're, I just don't know how you couldn't explore that. Mm -hmm. And I would find that to be an interesting story. And that's Um, also a story you wouldn't put, like I said, you wouldn't put into a a two and a half hour movie because you'd have to spend the first half hour of it explaining who all these people are and why it's important to find Ezra and what happened to him for people who are in the theater who didn't watch rebels. Oh, Jason, you didn't know, uh, they didn't say it in the movie, but DJ is obviously Ezra. Oh, you know, (laughs) I don't know if you caught that. That makes, that makes no sense. Okay. (laughs) I mean, considering his character and Ezra's character, that it makes absolutely no sense, but okay. I remember I got super nerdy with that first image of him that came out and I like brightened it up and I saw there were two scars on the side of his face just like Ezra's, and I was like, oh my god, he's alive. But obviously, that didn't <laughs> Did not turn out, yeah. I thought Ezra was Snoke. Really? Yeah. That kind of, that'd be kind of cool. He would have gotten a bit of a growth spurt at the end, but... I know. Yeah. yeah. That'd be I don't cool. Know. I th- I'm still under the, the Jar Jar Banks as Snoke <laughs> camp. <laughs> I don't think that I, I think I think that story is going to come to fruition in episode nine. It's really Jar Jar behind everything. Jar Jar has been pulling this. He's been pulling <laughs> the strings the whole time. We all thought it was Palpatine. Why do you think Jar Jar would give Palpatine ultimate power? It's because Jar Jar is Palpatine. Come on. <laughs> Misa back. Misa back. <laughs> yeah. So there, there, like I said, it's I, I'm so excited and there's just so much to look forward to. And next year's celebration, again, is really just going to be such a turning point for the franchise in general because there are so many unknown factors. And I, do you think they're really going to hold back on what they show us in terms of, of, of future filmmaking and future content? Or do you think they can't afford to hold back with so much unknown to us past the Skywalker saga? Um. Jason, you want to go ahead and take this one first? <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't know how they could not uh, start prepping us for what comes next. I think I think after probably once 
Rise of Skywalker hits Blu-ray, I think we're probably going to start getting little, little, little droppings of things that are happening with the movies, more things that are going to be happening with Disney Plus. I think that, and at Star Wars, and I'll speak for myself, and I, but I think everybody kind of agrees, we're so ravenous for new information about new things. So all they're going to have to do is say so and so is going to be in the new Benioff and Weiss movie. And we're completely on board, and the spec, the you know, the hour-long speculation uh, will start, and um, but yeah, I, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna want to, and they've had, and I think also because that's what they've been doing. I mean, we knew, you know, we knew Episode Nine was coming out when Solo was coming out. We knew when Rogue One, like these have all been way in advance, and we're really, honestly, for the first time, when I mean, we know the Benioff and Weiss movies are coming up, we don't know what they are, we don't know who's in them, we don't know what they're about. Um, so I think that they're going to want to. I, I I think they're going to. It's going to be in their best interest just to throw us some breadcrumbs, probably about middle of next year, definitely before celebration and that celebration. Just keep everybody on board, keep them excited. Yeah, when you think about it too. I'm going to assume they're going to take a year off next year, or sorry, 2021 for celebration, and then probably do another one in 2022 right before the first film hits in December right? and that'll be when they unveil the trailer. But by that point, they can't, they can't still have the cards in their back pocket. They would have had to have long given us the plan and the map mapping of it. Well, and, if, if they do it right, the, the year that they quote unquote take off from celebration is the year they drop all the big information. You start too, seeing, yeah. you start seeing who the cast is. You start seeing the stills of what they're shooting, you know, art and vanity fair articles. And then, we get around to 2022, the beginning of 2022, and then all the, the year-long hype that we get for, at least we've gotten for the last three saga films will start up. Yeah. Now, I, th- I think it's important, too, to not only talk about what kind of content we would like to see, but looking at the actual content creators, is there anybody in particular, any filmmaker, any producer, any actor, actress that you guys would like to see involved in star wars in the years to come because i have a few in mind off the top of my head i'm just not sure if there's somebody that you guys have been have been longing for to be in a star wars project Mm, that is a good question that's a good question and and i know we we, i think we did this months ago we did a director's yeah directors directors, but not like actors or anything yeah Yeah. let's start with the directors then is there are there a few that you guys would like to see get involved with the the franchise i know of i think three off the top of my head the first one because i love how his movies look i love how complex they are i would love a star wars movie that is directed by Denis Villeneuve. Oh my God, what, yes. What, what he did with Blade <laughs> Runner 2049, what he did with Sicario, what he did with Prisoners. The, what those, he's going to do with yeah, Dune. What, right, right. <laughs> I think he would, um, I think he would really knock it out of the park. And I think his story would be something, um, honestly, I think his story would be something that you'd see in the Clone Wars, something like the Mortis arc, something dealing with um, just a really complex idea like Arrival. That movie mm-hmm. still, I don't understand what's going on, but I love it. <laughs> and 
you know, I there's there's a really great podcast called The Director's Cut, and Ryan Johnson. There's an episode with Ryan Johnson interviewing Denis Villeneuve about Blade Runner 2049, and it's a fantastic discussion. I think he talks to him about Star Wars at one point, but yeah, that's my number one pick. And then I'd really like a uh, a Star Wars movie directed by Catherine Bigelow. I think mm-hmm. that would be really great. Another war-centric kind of movie. Um, because I if I, I don't remember if she's the one who directed Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, she is. Okay, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm going off of because I love that movie too. Yeah, we, we need another gritty war film like Rogue One. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think uh, whether it's in set in the old republic whether it's set in the sequel trilogy or beyond um i think she'd do a really great job and lastly oh trying to think now um man i i i'm trying to think who's been sort of killing it oh of course i think if you wanted to do like a real big spectacle sort of um star wars movie I don't know, man. I think, and with the with the same kind of humor, I think the Russo brothers could really do a good job. Um, and I know they've expressed wanting to do a Star Wars movie, so I think they they would do a good job as well. Yeah, that's a totally good take. And obviously, they know how to make a buck or two off a movie. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> the only one I re- I'm remembering from the one that we did was Anna DuVernay. Oh yeah. Who who visually a wrinkle in time is unreal to look at um but i know she could tell the story because i i watched uh, when they see us a couple of weeks ago on on netflix so i think if you and she's working on a on a dc movie um new gods yeah yeah oh, okay yeah. so so she has some slight interest in nerd stuff um <laughs> <laughs> it's always the uh, first step <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm trying to think of other of the directors get sort of hard because there's not a lot. I, I always sort of remember what George Lucas used to say about the the original trilogy directors is that you know he thought of them as um, he thought of them as just sort of directors on television at the time. Whereas a, a TV director, you just you know they already have the script, they already have the cast, they already have everything. You just come in, point the camera in the right place, yell action to cut, walk away, and that was what he wanted. He did. That's why him and Kirshner fought so much on *The Empire Strikes Back* because he didn't do that. <laughs> um, so, but it's, but it's difficult. Like I think a Christopher Nolan, like I think Christopher Nolan's a fantastic yeah. director. Waiting but he's for got that one. Such a his own style, and he's yeah. so interested in his, sort of his own thing that I think you sort of with a lot of directors you run the risk of them becoming fill in the blank director movies and not Star Wars movies. So you kind of yeah, need, which like, is I think why Edgar Wright got taken off of. I think he was supposed to be on Rogue One, right? Wasn't he supposed to? I know he's going to do Ant Man. Oh, you're right. Never mind. Well, that's um, a good example still, though, because I mean, right? It would have been a kind of weird take on Ant Man potentially. Yeah. Like I think yeah. Joss Whedon is a would be somebody who's able to. Like Favreau is somebody who's able to do that sort of stuff. You know, still make a good movie, um, and have but and have their own sort of style, but not make it so much a you know, John Favreau movie or right. you yeah. know what I mean? Right. You could even look at uh Patty Jenkins too. Oh yeah, uh, Patty Jenkins. I forgot about Patty Jenkins oh. the woman. And uh I watched them Into the Night. That was a really good that was a really good show that she did. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so that's sort of the risk you run sometimes with with. Um, I know we always talk, so talks about they want to see the David Lynch Return of the yeah, Jedi. That would have been nuts. That's the stuff of I consider that the stuff of nightmares. Like I can't imagine <laughs> what that movie turns out to be. Um, as interesting as it would be, and again, David Lynch is somebody who has his own style. He's not a, you know. Only because I love the guy, I'd love them to give Kevin Smith a shot at a Star Wars movie, but I don't know if, you know, I don't know necessarily be the best, <laughs> that would best be... thing. I just know what a huge fan he is, and I don't yeah, stop yeah. fanboying <laughs> out long enough to correct it. I think it'd be great. But, right, right. Just, like you know, Jay and Silent Bob yeah, actually just, enter the Star Wars universe. <laughs> right? It's just Han and Chewie hanging outside the cantina talking shit for like two hours. <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, it's funny. I was going to talk about Patty Jenkins and, and Chris Nolan. I think Chris Nolan, his his movies are very Chris Nolan. I mean, like Dunkirk and Interstellar and Inception. Mm-hmm. I think he did a great job with Batman, though. And I think looking at his other works, Batman is kind of an interesting one because it, it's still Christopher Nolan style, but it's not so like hit you over the head with some sort of like weird twisted ending sort of deal it really still stuck true to the the morals and the values of Batman himself as a character. So I think he could possibly possibly do that. Um, I think Patty Jenkins would also be a great choice. Um, I, I feel like she she would do a good job, especially like with a female-centric film in the Star Wars universe. Obviously, she did an amazing job on Wonder Woman. That's one of the, the shining stars of the DCEU right now. And, Are there others? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I guess Aquaman's no. okay. No, no, I like Shazam. Aquaman which was, I, I haven't seen Aquaman actually yet, but I've been meaning to. Aquaman is. I'll just and I'll hijack your your podcast real quick. Aquaman is better <laughs> than it should be. Yeah, it's it really is. It's better than it should be. I don't know if it's as good as I don't know if it's necessarily a good movie, but it's better than it should be. Yeah. So hey, what about James Wan? Why not James Wan? I I still am a firm believer. We need a pod racing movie. That would absolutely. Be, that would be kind of cool. Like a Fast and Furious, like <laughs> just pod racing on some sort of backwater planet, and it's such a big culture there. And people, it's kind of like if you're a pod racer, you're a big deal. And maybe just throwing some character into it who gets mixed in with the wrong crowd, and he's really gotta, he or she's really gotta learn how to pod race or maybe they have some sort of hidden talent or i don't i don't know i think that would be super interesting well it'd be kind of a live action resistance wouldn't it with the uh yeah. racers racing on the colossus yeah on the colossus so yeah i yeah. would love that I, I i hope we haven't seen the last of pod racing and and star wars i think that'd be awesome and you don't even have to set it in the prequel era either it can really be set anywhere so mm-hmm. um do you guys think we're gonna get uh any sort of uh, something that's kind of on my mind it, it, do, do you think we might get an episode 10 11 12 in 10 years from now or do you think we'll see any sort of continuation with the the characters that we know in the in the sequel trilogy um maybe in the form of a movie or a tv show mm, jason man we talk about this i know all the time I'm I am old enough to have watched the saga end twice, so I am not going to say that episode <laughs> nine is the end. I mean, yeah. Return of the Jedi was supposed to be the last Star Wars movie, and then Revenge of the Smiths, <laughs> Revenge of the Smiths, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith was supposed to be the last Star Wars movie, 
and now Rise of Skywalker is being the last saga movie. But I have said this before, I will say it again. If these Benioff and Weiss movies tank, episode 10 will be coming out in 2024. Dude, so. all <laughs> I want now is to watch episode 10, Revenge of the Smith. That's <laughs> totally screwed by all the all the Sith mail for the last <laughs> fifty years. I think we need oh, to make man. a new hashtag. Yeah, I, start make Revenge of the Smiths happen. Revenge of the Smiths. It, it'll be it'll be uh, directed by Tyler Perry, and he'll play all the roles. Um, <laughs> it used to be Eddie Murphy that would do that, but now it's gonna be Tyler Perry. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think uh, I think at some point. Whether it's whether it's centered on the Skywalkers or not, um, I think they're gonna have to do it. You know, it could be the end of the Skywalker saga, but that doesn't mean that the characters in those movies can't, you know, have further adventures and be, you know, episode ten, eleven, twelve. However, the thing that I that I'm now thinking about since the new trilogy is going to be separate from, you know, the quote-unquote Star Wars stories, um, what fanfare are they going to use? Is it going to be something totally different? Is it going to be the regular Star Wars fanfare? Um, is it going to say Star Wars Episode One, whatever the name of the movie is? Or is it going to be, I, you know, I don't know how those movies are going to go. And it makes me... It, it's probably going to make me miss the episodic films for maybe like 30 seconds and then I'll forget <laughs> about it. And, you know, like I did with Rogue One, I was like, man, there's no crawl. Whatever. I'm in, I'm, you know, I'm invested now. Yeah. But, but yeah, you know, and me and my dad talk about this too. We're like maybe 10 to 15 years. Um, we'll, we'll get 10, 11, 12. We'll just have to see what, what the state of our galaxy is in by that point. Um, and if we, if Lucasfilm seen, feels like it's it's necessary to do, and if the characters and the actors want to come back to do it. Yeah, I think them saying this is the end of the Skywalker saga, which they seem to be saying a lot, I think that might be a way of them hedging their bets a little bit. Because the one thing you don't want to do is say, oh, well, this might not be the last, and then yeah. you get people's hopes up, and then five or yeah. ten years from now they say, oh, it's not happening. Right. And you've had all those people holding out hope. So if you set the expectation it's not going to happen, if it doesn't happen, no one's disappointed. But if it does happen, yeah. sure, you're going to have some people that are going to be like, oh, why didn't you just leave it alone? But you're going to have a lot of people that are like, oh, amazing. Give me right. more Ray and, and Poe in a post-First Order world. Like, what are they up against? And yeah. I think the... And, and, and you can you can even uh, relate this to wrestling and WWE. You're not, you know, people obviously... Someone would say, oh, you know, The Undertaker's not coming back, blah, blah, blah. And then a night at WrestleMania, the lights go down, Undertaker's there, and everybody's freaking out. <laughs> it could be the same kind of thing with an announcement in 2030, like, oh, uh, you know, episode 10 coming 2032. You know, you, you just don't know. You don't know. Are you trying to tell me that The Undertaker is going to be the next villain of Star Wars? What I'm telling you is The Undertaker <laughs> needs to hang up the boots after that last match with Goldberg. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Undertaker, he's going to be in, in episode... He's the one that's been manipulating everything. <laughs> yeah. He's no, been I think, manipulating uh, Jar Jar, who's been manipulating Yeah, him. there you oh go. Oh my god, I think we've really cracked it. the guy behind it. the guy. 
you know, Lucasfilm thinks they're clever and they can just hide these hide these plots until you you heard it here first. If you're listening right now, we've leaked the whole film of Episode Nine. It's all Jar Jar Undertaker. Yeah, that's where it's going. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you don't even need to go to the movie. Just no, just listen to this. Now we're just gonna start a petition and boycott it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. We made this up. We don't like it. Now we're boycotting it. <laughs> I think though the the branding too, just to hit on this last point, is is important too. I I think they will, I think they're going to rebrand Star Wars soon in some sort of way. I think that's the next step that they're going to have to take, because if they're really thinking about how do we want to be labeling these future movies, are they all going to be Star Wars stories? Probably not, because that doesn't really make sense brand wise. I think they're going to have to. It's it's possible. I don't know how likely it is. It's possible they could drop the episode numbers from the films and they could just go back to uh star wars a new hope star wars the empire strikes back star wars return of the jedi and yeah. again we've already seen that we have, haven't really seen in the sequel trilogy them explicitly say like episode seven when they're marketing the movie but in the opening crawl we see it say episode seven yeah but everybody or, like, calls it episode eight episode nine episode seven until yeah. we get the title so yeah, and so I think that's very possible, and that way they can say, oh, this is the Skywalker saga, and it contains Star Wars, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, but they're not labeling it as episodes, so that maybe in 10 years, if they want to do a Rey and Poe and, and Finn continuation of it, they can say, oh, this is the this is the Rey saga, or whatever, and they don't have to attach episode titles to it, but people know that it's a continuation that way they don't have to go back to episode one and confuse the the common uh, average schmo going to the theater or right. they don't have to do episode 10 where people feel like, oh, they're continuing that again. Like, really? So that's possible. I think they could drop that episode number. Do you guys think that's that could happen or what are the chances of that? I think it could happen. I, I think uh, if they're going back to the quote unquote saga films, there's, I don't know, there's, there's, a, there's a little bit of a marketing thing that you're going to want to use the, the episode numbers again mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like i think if the sequel trilogy had come out and we just called it force awakens but it wasn't episode seven i think it would have been kind of weird yeah um but i i i don't know i don't know i think you i think you might want to call it because i guarantee you in five years people are gonna be like so is there ever gonna be an episode 10 you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, John Boyega's gonna be making some movie, and they're like, "So, episode ten, are they ever gonna do that?" Like, you know, I, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Um, so, but you, but you bring up a really good point, Dave. It's like, I don't know, what are they gonna, yeah, what are they gonna do for the beginning of the movies if they're not, if these, if, if we're not gonna do the, the Star Wars and the, the crawl. It's, it's yeah, a, makes me yeah, sad. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I actually really liked the way that they started Solo with that yeah. uh, sort of prologue before the movie, it gave me a real Blade Runner vibe, and I really liked it. Um, yeah. So if you want to do a, I guess, your, your best impression of a crawl text that way, um, I think I I think people would, would really warm up to it. Um, but, it, you know, let me see. Well, I yeah. also liked, I, I also liked the, the sort of cold opening in Rogue One, or just like a scene... Like, I thought that was a really good way to open it. And they did the cheesy Windows 95 title oh, effect. Yeah, that's one thing I didn't like. <laughs> like, you spent all this money on this movie, you couldn't fix the title? Looks better than the trailer. Yeah. Just use the shot of the trailer. 
Oh. Yeah, it was a little unsettling at first, but luckily it was only like four seconds long. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> not like a right huge into deal, it. but I, but it is something everybody remembers, isn't it? It's like always yeah. like, yeah. What was that weird GIF they had as the title for the? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we we've covered a lot today, and I think there's definitely. I'm sure we could talk about this for a, a lot more, but um, I've already taken up enough of your guys' time, especially, but. Uh, there it's a we're at a turning point in the franchise there's so many questions what kind of movies are we going to get what kind of content are we going to get knights of the republic and obi-wan series are we going to get more live action tv or even films on disney plus are they going to be in theaters the tv shows what kind of directors or how are we going to brand the future of star wars there's so much going on and i'm sure we're going to get a lot of that answered next year at star wars celebration they're going to have to have a future filmmaking panel and i think that looking at the schedule next year is probably going to be one of the top panels people are going to want to get into aside from the empire strikes back or even the cassian andor series but uh there there's a ton and I really do appreciate you guys coming on today and talking about this with me because this stuff, this stuff excites me. I love speculating. I love just talking about what could be because you can really just go on any tangent that you want. <laughs> so uh, Jason and Dave, thanks for coming on today. And again, followers of The Force, you can find them over at FOTF Podcast on Twitter. It's hosted again by Dave, Jason, and Gwendy. And when you guys usually, do you guys have a set schedule uh, when you put out episodes or again, is it just kind of, um, whenever you get the, the interviews or the topics done and uploaded the interviews, just whenever we get them scheduled, um, as far as the main show, we try to have them out every Monday at around 11 AM Eastern time and the, your star Wars journey series, whenever we get them scheduled, recorded, uh, I usually like to put those out on Wednesdays. So we just recorded one yesterday with uh, Dave from Inside the Force. That'll be out on Wednesday. Um, and let me see. Don't have another one scheduled right now, but I'm hopeful that we're getting a specific person on the show very soon, um, which is going to be a great episode. I don't want to give away too much, but yeah, Monday, Wednesdays, Usually when you can see new episodes on the feed. Um, and yeah, that that's really that's really the most concrete schedule we have right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta wing it. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, do you guys have personal Twitters that you you know you want people to, to follow you at as well? Uh, yeah, our personals are actually on the Twitter uh, the podcast Twitter page. So if you go in the bio, you'll see. Uh, our handles. Mine is DMT1196. Jason, you want to tell them yours? Uh, mine's Jason B. Williams 1. And uh, Gwendy's is Upsy Daisies. And you can find that one on the Twitter page as well. Uh, and as far as anything else, I know our podcast is on Facebook. Same name, Followers of the Force Podcast. And we're on Instagram at Followers of the Force Podcast as well. Awesome. Well, yeah, again, you guys are doing some great stuff and make sure you all check them out. There is a lot of potential there. And like, like Dave said, they got a cool guest coming on soon. So that's going to be something you want to look out for. So again, thank you guys. Hopefully I'll have you on again in the future and hopefully we'll even get Gwendy on here. I'd love to sit down and chat with all three of you sometimes. So uh, for those of you listening, thanks for tuning in today and may the force be with you. Bye.